Welcome to Financially Ever After, where award-winning and nationally recognized financial expert Stacy Francis will bring you savvy tips and words of wisdom on how to secure your financial future before, during, and after divorce. For 30 minutes every other week, you'll hear personal stories from women who have either faced or are currently facing this transition. In addition, you'll also soak up knowledge and inspiration from the industry's top legal, financial, residential, and mental health professionals. And now here's our host, Stacy Francis. Thank you, Steve. Stacy Francis with Financially Ever After coming to you every other week, bringing you fantastic guests who are experts in the field of divorce and also women like you who are going through or have come out on the other end and finalized their divorce. Most importantly, we're here to inspire you, to encourage you, and to support you. Many women tell us that one of the most difficult times of their life was going through their own divorce. And so we heard you. And today we have a really special guest, someone that I very much admire, Cheryl Ann Sasto. And she is a highly respected divorce mediator and also a collaborative attorney. And you may not have heard about collaborative, but don't worry. We're going to dive into that, too, so you can understand a little bit more about that process and is it right for you. She opened up her own firm back in 2007, and she focuses on mediating disputes between divorcing couples or families in disputes. She helps them avoid litigation and assists them resolving issues within the litigation process. She specializes in helping families survive divorce with a greater stability, with confidence, and with peace, and the added very significant benefit of much less financial drain. Cheryl Ann's prior 10 years of litigating matrimonial and personal injury cases, along with her degree in psychology, enables her to provide her clients with not only real in-depth knowledge of the litigation process, because you spent so many years uh, working in that, that process, but also with your psychology degree, it sounds like being able to really help emotionally assist individuals who are going through a really tough time. So I'm very excited to have you here, Cheryl Ann. Thank, Thank you, you very for joining much. us. So Thank you. Financially ever after. Nice to be here. Um, so what is your personal story? I, mean, I, I always love to ask this question because it's very rare as little girls that we're on the playground and, you know, mom and dad or whoever it is asks us what we want to be. And we say, we want to be a, a matrimonial attorney. <laughs> um I have not met yet one person who even knew way back then that's what they wanted to do. So usually there's a journey, there's a path um, that has steered you towards this field. Um, What what was your path? Well, I do have a story, but the one thing I can say is that there were four kids in my family, and whenever there was a dispute, they'd say, go get the mediator. So I was kind of a born mediator. And so when they said, go get the mediator, it was were, me. They were talking about It was about always you. me. I was known as the mediator. It was just very funny. That's very valuable in a family that large. That's right. <laughs> so my story is um, I got married and it was a very bad marriage. In fact, it was abusive. And um, 
I decided I needed to do something that uh, could get me on my feet where I could feel strong about myself. So I went to law school. Um, with my psychology background and law school, I figured I would be a mediator. When I got out of law school, there was no such thing as mediation, certainly not in New York. Everybody wants to fight. New York was the last state that actually had no fault where it made it easier to get a divorce. That's how backward New York was. Anyway, so I started litigating. <clears throat> and while I was litigating, I got so many offers from matrimonial attorneys to come work for them. They said, you're a natural, you're a natural. So from the personal injury, I switched into matrimonial. But every time I went to court, I would say, but there's a solution here. This is ridiculous. They're not listening to each other. And the couples would get further and further apart. They'd be spending all their money. My heart would actually break for them. And as a litigator, it shouldn't be breaking. I should be wanting to fight. And I did fight for my clients, but I felt almost unethical because it was wrong. There was a solution. Mm -hmm. So the moment uh, I was able to hear people use the word mediation when they didn't even know what it was, I said, that's it. I'm doing it. And people said, you're crazy. Don't leave your day job. That's a big but risk. That's I a took a risk. risk and I said, it's in me. It's who I am. And if you, if you, if you know it's inside you and you're going to be good at it, you will do well. And that's exactly what happens. And now everybody turns to me and said, they ask me, well, how did you make a success? What did you do? It's just a very natural thing. But I'm very, very glad that I had the litigation experience. I did it for over 10 years because it's like when you study classical piano and then you go into jazz and pop you have that great foundation and that is a great benefit when the clients are uh, coming to me for mediation because always at the back of their minds is well maybe I should go to court I should go to court because I don't understand what that really is but I can explain exactly what happens in court and within five seconds of my starting to detail what goes on they sit down because it's not a good alternative. Not, not the right path. No. To and go. then, of course, with my background in psychology and many, 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 many courses in personalities and things like that, it enables me to better understand, be empathetic, mm -hmm. meaning get into the shoes, into their shoes, not be judgmental, and be able to help them communicate. Mm -hmm. So that is something that I would love to hear about. Number one what divorce mediation really is and how do you get couples to be able to communicate in this process when they might be very angry with each other and well might be <laughs> <laughs> are very oh, angry with each other well, i can tell to be you, nice here but they, they, they're, you, they're Stacey, tech. yeah yeah i tell um, you something stacy that one of the biggest myths about going to mediation is and i hear it all the time oh no, we're so far apart, we're not talking, we can't come to mediation. And mm. I look at them and I say, well, that's why you should come to mediation. I love that. So the fact that you can't communicate, that you're so far apart, that maybe as acrimonious as you, you think that you are as far in the spectrum as, as a 10 and, you know, as far as right. being acrimonious. But that itself means that you could probably benefit from mediation even more so. Uh, absolutely. I, I mean, I want to just go back... Go back a step just to explain litigation. Couples are angry. They're already apart. So they go to their two attorneys, separate attorneys. They, you know, put down $10,000 retainer just to begin. So now it's $20,000 out of the marital pot. 
And that's just to start the action. And off to the races they go, they each speak to their own attorneys. Their attorneys promise them the world because they're looking at the law, what they're entitled to, and they're going to zealously represent them. So what happens? They go further and further apart. They're not allowed to speak. They get mixed messages and they are just off to the races. Mediation is the exact opposite. Litigation, you have no control now. Mediation, you have all control over your, over what you do. What is mediation? Mediation is what I do as I'm a neutral facilitator of communication between the couple. I do not make decisions. I'm not a judge. I'm not a jury. I'm not their therapist and I'm not their lawyer. Mm-hmm. I am a lawyer, but I'm not their lawyer. I help them understand each other's narrative. They do not have to agree. They just need to be able to hear the other person's narrative and then help them figure out what kind of their finances do they have. I tell them the law. I know the law very well. If they want to stick to the law, we'll stick to the law. If they don't want to stick to the law because there's another fair way to go, then we'll do that. And Sherilyn, I just want to say too, one of my questions was going to be, do you bring in the law to that mediation session? Very much so. Yeah, that's, you know, I almost think about it as our family, we love to cook. And so we'll print out a a recipe. um, And so we know the basics of what needs to go into our, our chocolate chip muffins. But usually we mix it up. Maybe we, you know, we throw a little vanilla in there, maybe a little cinnamon, um, you know, we kind of, we, we keep that foundation of the recipe, but we, we, we customize it for us. And so would that analogy be what you can do then in mediation? It's perfect, that analogy. Um, you, you start off again with that foundation of the law. Yeah. So that they understand what is at stake? Many times couples will say to me, oh, we've worked everything out, don't worry. That's actually when I worry mm-hmm. because they have no idea what they're doing and they're coming to some agreement. They haven't even gotten to the bottom of what their finances. It's not a good situation. And my key thing that I tell couples before they come to mediation is please don't start discussing the deal. Because mm-hmm. they come to me with a deal discussed and then I have to unravel it because there's things they have missed, there's things they don't know, and they may one of them may not be protected. Yeah. So if they want to go seek counsel from an attorney, they can to hear what their rights are. But honestly, because I'm an attorney, because I was a litigator, I'm very open and obvious and transparent about what their attorney would tell each of them. Mm-hmm. Because they're gonna hear it. Yeah. So I might as well just tell them, your attorney's going to say this to you, your attorney's going to say this to you. It's not a, a secret. It's mm-hmm. going to happen. Yeah. So with that in mind, let's talk. And I've dealt with totally hysterical people and totally controlling, belittling people. It runs the gamut. But I know how to level the playing field. So nobody should fear that there's going to be an unequal mm-hmm. agreement it's, it's taken years of training to be able to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's another thing they always feel, well, if there's an uneven and, you know, not a level playing field, somebody's going to get taken advantage of. No, not with me. Mm-hmm. Um, I have ways to do it. I really can't give that away, but it doesn't happen. Yeah. I, I do hear that, uh, Sherilyn. I hear that all the time of um, particularly she... <clears throat> 
is hesitant to go into mediation because he's a bully. Yes. Um, and it does take a special mediator that has the experience and the training that you do um, to be able to handle that because that's not that's not an easy case. And I can even imagine, you know, that person trying to bully you. And, you know, that's not really the right thing either. Right. How do you how do you hold that in that room and be able to move through it and find a way to communicate that's going to be really positive? Yeah, it's um, they do try it. Um, and uh, it, I, I, I'm so used to it. I mean, I've done so much training in this area. And plus, it's very natural. It's very organic within me. Um, I recognize who I'm dealing with. Yep. And then I know what buttons not to press and to press the people who are very controlling you have to stroke their egos a bit. There's certain That's things you have to do. I imagine that that controlling behavior, does that come from maybe even a self-confidence issue, it even though it from, doesn't present yes, that way? Very. These controlling people are actually very insecure. They need external uh external forces to tell to determine how they feel you know the big man on campus the, the champion in the the football plays they're getting all their their, you know, their credibility from external you're great from you're outwards. wonderful from outwards rather than coming from inwards so there are ways and tools to get these people to trust me and to calm and to listen a little bit yeah um and i tell both couples all the time you do not have to agree with the other person. You just have to know and understand that this is what they're thinking. And with that in mind, you have to come to an agreement. And quick question with um, couples who choose mediation. How do they how do they decide that they're interested in mediation? Is it because they were trying litigation. That's a that's a good question. Work, Let me or okay. do most of your clients come to you and they just start the process? Like what is that uh, okay. journey yeah. like? Um that's a very good question and I can tell you this that the I'd say out of uh, an entire year's clientele at least 75% are the women calling me. Yes. Tell me more about that. Women tend to not want to fight. Women tend to say, yeah, I don't like to fight. Yeah, I don't want to I, fight. I, it's I, our yeah. nature. We don't want to fight. Yeah. We just want to go peacefully. Men tend to run to the litigator. Now, if a woman runs to the litigator, that's because she's terrified, not because she wants to fight necessarily. The man goes to the litigator, he wants to fight. Mm -hmm. And that's a big difference. So why do they come to mediation? Somebody has Googled or somebody went to a lecture. That's another problem. How do you get people to attend lectures on divorce mediation? They don't come. Yeah, that's so, not almost as exciting as going to a lecture on taxes and correct. alternative minimum And they tax. don't want people to see. Yeah. That's the problem. That's true. So this is the best way. Actually, spread the word, people. <laughs> I know. It, and it's interesting. I mean, what really comes down to why we looked at this podcast is that issue. How many women feel comfortable showing up in a room um, you know, with other women going through divorce, it could be that they haven't even decided if it's the right thing for them. And yeah. God forbid they run into someone that they might know. That's why they don't come. And that's yeah. why it's very difficult to spread the word. I get all my clients by referrals, word of mouth from friends, from, you know, other attorneys. 
Um, but they call me and they ask me all the, pretty much always the same questions. It's very interesting. Um, but when, and sometimes, and they'll always be tentative because they don't really know what mediation is. Judges and lawyers don't know what mediation is. So I explain it. Once I've explained it, then they're completely at ease. They say, this is the right way. I mean, if you don't mind, I'll give you the positives of mediation versus litigation. Mediation will save untold amounts of time. So when you litigate, you're looking at a year, two, three, four, ten years. With mediation, my most difficult and complicated mediation, where there was money all over the world, I mean, this was sophisticated stuff, that was six months. That case would have taken over ten years for sure. My typical mediations are one month. They're done. One oh my month. gosh. In terms of, yeah. In That's, so it's interesting. Um, according to NOLO, uh, I, I looked up before our podcast because I wanted to get what the average time for you is of, of working on a, a case compared to the, the national norm. And it's about 11 months, which is really quite fast. If uh, they end up going to court, the number goes up to almost little over 17 months. However, when we did our survey interviewing 150 women, we asked them about how long their divorce took. Over half of them had used litigation. So that was the process they used. And one out of two, their divorce was more than two years. Absolutely, there that's was, easy to Yeah, years. there was a subset that was really scary, about 10% that was seven years plus. Yeah. Um, so what you're saying, and I, I really want our listeners to know this, is very special. Um, to be able to accomplish that in a several month period is not, I'll be honest, Sherilyn, I have not, I've not heard that. Yeah. And that's you know, really it's, powerful. I'm very experienced in what I do in mediation. And, you know, a lot of attorneys, especially at the big fancy law firms, they do mediation. You don't just do mediation. I have literally thousands and thousands of hours of training and years and years and years of experience. Well, this since is you're a little girl. Yeah. <laughs> You've been training yeah, your whole life. <laughs> But, you know, studying personalities and yeah. studying, you know, how you respond to those personalities. There's so, and plus I know the law. So this is, there's a formula. Yeah. And as long as the couple trusts me to help them proceed, it's not rocket science at the end of the day. Mm -hmm. And you break it down. And they, I get so many, you know, gifts and plants and they cry afterwards because they can't believe how easy compared to what they were expecting. Now, yeah. make no mistake, this is not an easy process. Divorcing is second to death. It is a difficult process, but I always tell them, I'm going to make it as easy as can be. Mm -hmm. And usually my first me meeting with them is two hours talking about the various psychological stuff. It's not a therapy session. It's just getting out what they need to get out. Mm -hmm. The second session, being heard, being heard mm -hmm. very important. Then the second session, we're down to brass tacks. We're either talking about the kids, custody, scheduling. The third session, we're talking about the finances. I might bring in somebody to help with the finances. 
and then we're done. Um, in between each session, which is key, I write to them about what we've discussed. So there's no he said, she said, That's and they can digest it. on a piece it. of paper, and you each get agreement that, yeah, because the memory can change. Oh, it does. And study after study has shown that in times of stress, our amygdala takes over, and the higher functioning stops. Correct. Um, you ha- that is, yesterday I had this woman, and she just wouldn't stop, and I asked the husband to please leave the room for a moment. I said, look, you're hurting yourself. What is your priority? Your priority is to move forward. Yes, yes, I want this so badly, but he's a bully. What is your priority? Keep saying to yourself, what is my priority? I want to move forward. So if you keep reacting to him, mm-hmm. then you're not moving forward and you're yeah. going to be tripping yourself. Yeah. And it's it's. I know I've dealt with people like her before and it, with time she'll calm down when she yeah. stops being so afraid. So that's my job. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's a legal thing. Sometimes it's a psychological thing that I have to deal with. I think that's also really powerful and and. The listeners may not realize it, but that move is is very unique um, to meet separately yeah. with one of the parties if you're seeing that there's something that's not going the way that it, it should, or maybe they need more support. But not all mediators will do that. Correct. And I'm one of the originals. Um I strongly believe, and I tell them up front when I'm meeting them for the first time, I will separate you and speak to you for five, ten minutes each mm-hmm. because you have no idea what I hear during those sessions. Plus, it makes our together sessions easier because they've, they feel heard, mm-hmm. stuff that they cannot say in front of their spouse. I now understand maybe there's a drinking problem, maybe there's an abuse problem, maybe there's a monetary problem that they're too afraid to talk about. But now I know it, and now I can help them with that knowledge. Without that knowledge, the mediators that don't separate them, are, are I believe 100% are doing a total disservice to their client because mm-hmm. they cannot get to the bottom. They cannot peel the onion all yeah. the way. Yeah, I understand exactly what's happening. One case I had, I separated them, and I, I met with the guy. He sounded so nice. So con- oh, I thought, oh, he's such a nice guy. Then I met with the woman. She said, I just want to let you know, he put a knife to my throat every time we had sex. I mean, so therefore there's a violent propensity to this man. There's no way she would have told me that in front of him. Now, I knew that, and I took the necessary precautions. And that's important, too, because a better understanding the dynamic of that relationship I imagine it allows you to watch out for those, you know, those signs. Absolutely. That that power imbalance might Absolutely. be creeping into the room. Absolutely. Um, I was going to mention, okay, it slipped my mind, but on that point, yeah. I was going to mention something. Well, you, we've talked a little bit about the pros, the, you know, taking a lot less time, obviously a lot less money. The money is ridiculously different. I mean, you're talking about an easy divorce in court would cost easy, easy peasy if there's such a thing, 40,000. Yeah. Easy. I mean, and you really are talking 100, 200,000. Your child's college education. One year at least, maybe even, you know. With me, the typical divorce total is $5,000 each. 
You got such a shot. I, I, I apologize to the listeners. I, I, I just nearly dropped my cup. Um, wow. That's amazing. Yeah. Um, That's really, yeah. I mean, amazing. The more, the more complicated cases yeah. where you need to bring in financial people like yourself and, yeah. or psychologists or, you know, there'll be more. Yeah. Or I have to go and investigate monies based on both consent use forensics. Mm -hmm. I can do anything that a litigator can do. I do get appraisals done, Mm -hmm. you know, that can extend it. But typically speaking, it's three sessions and about $10,000. That's amazing. Yeah. So can you also explain this? A lot of um, consumers out there um, don't know the difference between a mediator that also is an attorney. Okay and a matrimonial mediator that, that, that hasn't necessarily gone to law school. So can you talk a little bit about that? Um, yeah. Because I know that that gives you, I mean, of course the law, but, but even beyond that, but um, it sounds like you can also be more efficient because you can draft the documents. Absolutely. The, the thing that I can do, I'm a one-stop shop. Yeah. You come to me, I'll help you with, the actual negotiations with come to an agreement that that the couple will decide the terms. I do not make those decisions. I'll come up with all these ideas, out of the box ideas, even when you feel like you're at a stalemate. Believe me, there'll be a solution because there has to be. Yeah. Then once that is done, I then become the neutral scribe as an attorney, and I then draft the separation agreement or the marital settlement agreement. Once that is done, I notarize the signatures. They can send it to attorneys to review if they want. But believe me, from my experience over the last umpteen years, we've gone through everything in such detail that they say, oh, I was going to, but I've, I've gone through everything with them. Yeah. But they're free to go and have it checked. And then, can you talk a little bit about what consulting attorneys do? Yeah, I'll, in a moment. Yeah. Then after that, they sign that. I start the action for them in court. I send the papers in, and then they then I draft the actual d- divorce document package. They come back in, they sign the necessary things, rather than have go to attorneys and being served. Here's you've been served, and you it's uh, ugly and uncomfortable. All in my room, we're smiling to the extent we can. I make it as nice as possible, some music, and they're signing, and then they shake hands, and they're done. They never need to go to court. Nothing. So that's that. That's the process. It's a three-step process. Okay. The consulting attorney. When I see there's an imbalance of power, and it's uh, very often the woman, and 99.99% of the times it's the woman, I will either stop the mediation and say it's, it's time for both of you to consult attorneys so that you know and understand what your rights are. And I will give them names of mediation-friendly attorneys and pray that they take those names. Because if one of them goes to a litigator, it makes it inordinately difficult. So I get them first to trust me because they can. And then hopefully listen to who I direct them, you know, suggest to them that they should see. And their attorneys will basically tell them, you know, you have a right to this, 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 which I'm basically telling them anyway. But let them ask their questions, let them feel empowered a little bit. Mm -hmm. I've had cases where I've actually, with the permission of the husband, gone to the woman's, the wife's attorney's office and done the entire mediation there. 
And I've asked the attorney to come in, start off the meet, start off the meeting, so she feels empowered. Mm-hmm. And then after a while, you can see she's not necessary, and she just left. And it was an amazing mediation. Lots of crying, lots of hugging, but it works. I will do whatever it takes to make both of them feel. Mm-hmm comfortable. So really what I'm hearing is that there's just a huge amount of flexibility that, you know, if you feel like you need a consulting attorney, you can. Um, you can even bring them into the mediation session. You can um, bring somebody such as yourself. If they feel completely they've never touched a checkbook, they don't know what to do with their money. With the finances. You come in, join the meeting. I love that. Um, are there any situations where in mediation you could end up needing to go to court? Does that ever happen? The It's rare, but I know from already the first meeting or even the consult, if there's even a consult, very often they don't even come for a consult. They just talk to me on the phone. But if they mm-hmm. come in and I see there's abuse that I, there are ways for me even to deal with abusive situations. But where there's abuse where I feel, no, I don't want to be involved here. Or where one spouse, their goal is to manipulate and hurt the other spouse. Then I don't want any part of that. Mm-hmm. I let them go and fight, unfortunately, um, because that's not a good situation. And there's nothing I can do to control that situation. But um, other than that, the most difficult cases, the most complicated cases should be in mediation. There's no reason to fight in litigation. Yeah. It's interesting as I mentioned, about half the women we interviewed uh, use litigation. When we asked them, uh, so Sherilyn, we asked, if you were to recommend to your girlfriend or your sister what process to use, only 13% recommended litigation. Yeah. It was really, um, really eye-opening to see. You know, on that note, whenever, and it's like when my kids are with me and they say, oh, here again, They'll meet, and we'll meet somebody, and she's just gone through divorce, and they hear what I do, and it's like pushing a button. Oh, I wish I would have known. I wish I would have met you. I mean, it's like every yeah. time, and it's a shame. It is, and the good news is that more people know about divorce mediation, but it's it's still not the majority of cases because yet. of all the myths. Because yeah. of the myths and because they're not, not every mediator is a good mediator. So you have to, so what makes a mediator a good mediator? Yeah. Because if you go to the wrong mediator, just like if you go to the wrong yeah. doctor, exactly. you're not going to get the right result. Yeah. So look, I'm biased, obviously, but I believe truly wholeheartedly it should be an attorney yeah. who knows matrimonial law, mm-hmm. preferably somebody who's litigated so they know the what goes on in court. So there's nothing unknown. When the clients want to know, that you can explain it. And then somebody who has a a psychology background of some sort, somebody who's done lots of courses, lots of training, because Mm -hmm. they go hand in hand. Yeah. And then somebody who's empathetic, somebody who's got patience, Mm -hmm. somebody who's understanding, who doesn't judge. Those are very, very important. And somebody who communicates well. Mm -hmm. And cares, ultimately somebody who cares. And that's really what people need to 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 find in a mediator. And they shouldn't just go to necessarily some fancy law firm who's got a big marketing machine. And because they're well known, they're suddenly mediators. Because believe me, the 
they haven't taken the courses, the necessary, they've taken one 45-hour class to become a mediator, which is very, very sad Mm -hmm. because then they can call themselves a mediator. That doesn't make you, 45 hours does not make you a mediator. And I've seen agreements stemming from people who've gone through mediation like that. And I get them, and my goal is not to tear up that agreement, but I'm looking and going, this is a very bad agreement. You cannot sign this. Mm -hmm. And then I'm putting into a very bad predicament because I don't want to break up the agreement. I don't want to upset anybody, but I I don't want to be part of it. Mm-hmm. And I've told him, if, if you sign this, I don't want my name anywhere that you've consulted me mm-hmm. because I, it's against you my You don't want advice. to take a liability. No, and yeah. there is liability. So, And then I've gotten uh, you know reviews to do from people who are not attorneys. Mm-hmm. They do them, they're negotiators or they're therapists who do mediation, divorce mediation. They, they leave out so much information and so much structure. Mm-hmm. And I just don't think that that's the right formula. For a couple that might be in litigation, started off that way, that it's been maybe a year, two years, they haven't seen really much movement forward except for the size of their their bills. <laughs> um, can they move to mediation and how can they do that successfully? Okay, so the first thing that if anybody was going to ask me that question, who's one of the clients, who's your attorney? Okay. Because if the attorney is pro-mediation, then it will be successful. Now, their attorney is conflicted. They're going to lose a client. They're exactly. going to lose money. So their attorney is going to dissuade them and they're going to say, you'll be taken advantage of, don't do it, don't do it. They're going to lose a client. So the person wanting mediation has to be very strong to say, this is what I want to do. And I've had those cases where they've told their attorneys, look, guy, sit back because I'm going to mediation. And yes, of course, I can take the case at any stage and mediate Mm -hmm. it, and I'm successful at it. But their attorneys, I'm going to be fighting against the tide. And, you know, it's frustrating, but, you know, one of the things I was reading an article um, you know, come the beginning of the year, every year, um, revenue starts from zero. And you need to fill the pipeline to have enough clients. And this isn't for you because you have your own firm and your own boss, but there are some matrimonial firms that have very high billing requirements to be able to keep your job, right, and even higher to move a, you know, move up, and you know, if God forbid you want to become a partner, then that ceiling is even further along. It's a, it's a problem and it's a conflict because I was actually at a networking event the other day, and there's this woman. She comes and she says, and I know her. I've worked with her. She's a matrimonial litigator, no doubt. That's all she's ever done, and she's had me come in to try and help resolve certain things. But she's a litigator. We were all giving our background. She suddenly said, yes, and I'm a mediator. And I said to myself, oh, boy, she's no mediator. I know the agreement yeah. she's given me, and it's they're terrible. Yeah. They're yeah. so unequal. But I her know. view is, and many mediators say, that's what the couple wanted, so that's what they get. That's not what I do. Yeah, I always liken it to 
if you're going to have, for me, I, I just had double knee surgery last year. Oh. Two separate times. So, anyways, needless to say, I thought it was hilarious when I went in the second time. Um, and the anesthesiologist actually recognized me. <laughs> He's a really nice guy. So, that was really good. But, um, you know, when I was choosing my surgeon, I, I chose the person who was literally known around the country for for knees because I value my knees right. and knock on wood it was so successful I was able to do um, half Ironman just essentially a few months after so what I say and the reason why I share this is that if I was going into that process and I saw someone who did knee surgery also did um, you know let's say you know breast implants as well as you know maybe some ear eardrum and oh let's say brain surgery too that's not the person I would want to work with now granted they're probably very talented but I want someone who does this every single day right where nothing's new for them right they've you know, and, and my doctor in the day that I met with him for my surgery, I was I was one of about eight other patients, and that made me happy. Right. Because exactly. this was you know in and out, and he did a great job, and you know wow. So I agree with you that someone who is specific stays in their lane and really has that experience is so important and I and it's interesting because Sharon I even see financial advisors do this too um, it's almost I don't know if this is you know the lady that you're talking about but it's almost the case of if I don't say I do everything then I'm gonna miss out on getting clients right well they also see that it's now the wave it's the new thing to do mediation Okay, that's, and they and don't want to be now cool, behind. and th- that's where the money is now. It's going toward mediation, and that's why these law firms are taking mediations, and it's not good. It's 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 actually a bad thing for mediation in general because the clients are not getting served properly. Yeah, and you also have to be careful because mediation, just like we've talked about, can be a great option and unbelievably powerful but if you have someone who really doesn't necessarily have the skill and expertise someone could walk away from that mediation process having had a terrible experience yeah and listen it's the same if you go to a litigator and they're terrible you get yeah you know yeah screwed for no better term of the word yeah uh so you got a doctor you get bad knee surgery you know, you got to pick your look at the google look at the reviews look what other clients say yeah. Um, that's to me gold. That's what I do. I look at reviews before I go to anybody. You want to see what was said. So you know you got to do your homework. Yeah. Don't just walk into a room and expect yeah. that you're going to get help. And are there any resources where individuals can can go to find out, you know, who is a mediator in there? in their uh, neighborhood or well, city there's, there's <clears throat> where a, there's they a, live. Yeah, mediation.com. There's mediation.com and mediate.com. There's two different places, but mediation.com, you can put in your zip code and then people will pop up in your zip code um, or thereabouts um, to find a mediator. 
Um, but you can Google, put in the address that you want, and read the websites. Yeah. See what what hits you, and look at the person's credentials. It's yeah. important, yeah. not just the fact that they're the the president of the bar association. People tend to go there because it looks fancy. That's not your person. They're too busy being fancy <laughs> than serving their clients. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> and I know I've been I've been burnt by that. Yeah. Yeah. So. It's a, it's a, it's, you know, I think it probably could be a, a full-time job. Um, we have gone over time, but I'm glad we did because we just went through so much. Is there anything else that you want to make sure that we talk about? Um, and then after that, I'll make sure also that if you wouldn't mind sharing for our listeners how they can contact you. Okay. But anything before we get to that, I you want to make sure I did want to say two things. Share? That once you signed, certainly my retainer, anybody's retainer, it's a voluntary process. You're not signing your life away. So if you've committed to mediation and you hate the mediator or you hate the process or you just, you can litigate at any point in time, but why go to a surgeon when you can do physical therapy first? And mm -hmm. physical therapy most often helps. Mm -hmm. So that's one thing. It is not a life sentence. It's voluntary. You can leave. Try it. You will be surprised. Second, it is completely confidential. Litigation is not confidential. You are in open court. Everybody hears everything. Um, you can hide whatever you want to hide. You don't need anybody to know you're even getting divorced. If you have IRS issues, you have whatever it is, this is a strictly confidential proce uh, proceeding and or process. So that is very important to understand, which is a huge positive. And the biggest takeaway is you're in total control of your of your um, agreement, and what gets to be addressed during the mediation is absolutely anything. It could be about taking care of your grandmother, taking care of the dogs. I've done pet mediation. Anything we can discuss in court, forget about it. Yeah, it's just round peg, round square hole, and you have to live with it. And there's obviously violations every time with the court, um, with the court agreements and the court uh, yeah. judgments because it's not appropriate for your lives. Yeah. But with the divorce mediation, you've done it. So people say, "Well, I agreed to it. I'll stick to it." And this is another important thing. And I have clients come to me often because life changes over time. They'll call me up and they'll say, "We have a dispute. Can we come in?" They come in for an hour. We're done. That dispute would have cost them litigation. So, so what I'm hearing too is that number one, mediation is a process that's not obligatory. You try it, see what, see how far you can go. You can always go to litigation if needed, um, and that it also it's a more discreet, confidential, where you know all your dirty laundry is being aired in the courtroom. Right. Um, and and that's in litigation. In litigation, but not in mediation. Exactly, but at not all. not in mediation. Thank you for yeah. Making they can actually agree and say, "Look, we're not going to tell anyone." That's it. Yeah. Done. Yeah. And so mediation definitely gives that that safe space to keep things yeah. confidential and, and private. Yeah. Um, but litigation, or sorry, medi mediation, also just like you said, a problem may come up you can go back to the process. Absolutely. Yeah. There are a lot of couples who say, you know, something's come up, somebody had to have surgery, somebody died, 
or there's there's a certain struggle with whatever circumstances yeah they can take a couple months off it's okay we have my memo everything that was agreed to is still there yeah and so we just pick up where we left off yeah it's not great when that happens because but sometimes it's important sometimes they need to calm down it's a you know it's individual and do you ever have any couples that might come to you after their settlement agreement is signed that might be three years down yes. the line to come back and working with maybe it's an issue with one of the children yes. or uh, something like that. It's not that often, but I do. And yeah. it's in their agreement the to come open. to me before they litigate. Yes. Because uh, typically, because of the mediation, they're now able to communicate. So they're communicating better so they can work things out. But sometimes when they can't, they come to me and literally half hour, hour, and they're done with whatever this, and this would have caused them to go to court. Wow, I'm thinking about mediation between myself and my teenage son. <laughs> I'm just, <laughs> not to make light of it, but we just had a, we just had a blow up, it wasn't a blow up, but um, his grades on his report card were, were pretty good. And so any parent would be happy, Right. Um, but they get a grade for effort for each of the classes. Uh-huh. And Cheryl Ann, those effort scores were awful. And, you know, I said to him, I said, you know, Sebastian, I love you so much. You have so much potential. Look at these really good grades that you got. And look at what your teachers are saying, how little you're actually working and putting effort in. And that was a big you know conversation that we had so the good news is is that he now knows that if the effort scores are good that's really what matters if the grades are great that's icing on the cake but um you know i can see mediation could be so helpful in so many parts of your life right there in any part of your life it can help i do a lot of uh, uh, elder mediation where siblings 50 plus up are fighting over their parents, who's gonna be the one taking care of the parent, no, they should go to a nursing yep, home, yep, they yep, shouldn't yep. go to a nursing yep. home, you're stealing money, they loved you more. I deal with that as yeah, well. all the issues. Which is a different area. Back to where you originated with your family mediation. <laughs> there you go, there you go. So thank you for being here. I just here. wanted to say yeah. my contact, how to yes. contact me. I wanted to ask you, so yes. can you, um, your website, any other ways yes. that might be good so, for people to, Feel free to contact me by phone, which is 516-314-6116. Leave a message, obviously, if I don't pick up. Um, And my uh, website is um, sasto, S-A-S-T-O-W, law, L-A-W, and mediation.com. So it's www.sastolaw, and that's A-N-D, mediation.com. And you'll be able to see what I look like and hear my story. And I try to put a lot of information on the website. That's great. Well, thank you so much. And thank you for all of you listening in. Um, this was a unbelievably powerful podcast. And I hope that you now have a new pair of glasses that you can see through as you look at the different options that you have for your divorce. And if you're in the beginning of the process, 
definitely it sounds like mediation would be a great place to start giving you the most options and all of these other positives such as quicker, less money, confidentiality, really being heard. Um, and less emotional stress. Oh, and boy. less emotional yeah. stress. Um, but even for those of you that might uh, have already been going through this journey for a few years using litigation, um, it doesn't mean that you're beholden to that either. So thank you for investing in yourself. Um, Come back to us financially ever after. Send this to your girlfriends, the people that you care about, um, the people that women who really need this support. Thank you again for tuning in and we'll talk to you in two weeks.